Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I am the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBA Schooled. And today I'm joined by Adam Davis, who is a MBA candidate in the class of 2021 at the at Georgetown on the McDonald School of Business. And I'm really glad to have Adam here today to talk a little bit about his journey um, to an MBA program uh, like McDonough and to share what he's been up to so far and really excited to uh, get to have Adam share his story. And so, um, Adam, first off, thank you so much for joining me today. Really looking forward to getting to talk to you. So maybe just to start, uh, what did you do uh, before business school, and why did you even choose to go get your MBA in the first place? Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me, Al. Um, pleasure to be here. A uh, big fan of of what you do and how you um, how you work to kind of Put, put good information out there for prospective MBA students, current MBA students. I'm so happy to be joining you. Um, so before business school, I, so I did my undergrad at UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Um, I studied financial economics and accounting. And in undergrad, I did a couple of internships in accounting, specifically in the audit uh, arena, because my mother, um, she actually owned a small accounting firm in the D.C. area. So I, I worked with her and, you know, it was convenient, but I also enjoyed uh, the work that, that I was doing. So right after I graduated, I actually did a brief stint working at Disney World. I did the Disney College program right after undergrad because um, I wanted to, to get away from, from home. Um, so I did the Disney College program for a little bit. And then after like eight months, I transitioned back to the accounting firm full time um, and went full time into audit. Um, mostly of federal government agencies, government-funded programs. Um, growing up in the D.C. area, that's a, a pretty big market here. So that's the uh, the area that our firm was focused on. So did a lot of accounting work, um, but then we, the firm took a, a, a different route a few years ago. We started doing a little bit more consulting for federal government agencies. So I got a little bit of exposure to the consulting side of the business, and I was really enjoying um, that that client facing aspect where we were advising them and helping them, which is a bit different from audit, you know, where you're, you're kind of looking critically at, and, you know, writing up audit findings and and giving recommendations. But on the consulting side, um, I I enjoyed working with clients um, a little bit more strategically and, you know, was really enjoying that, but, you know, I, I decided that I kind of wanted to go a different route. I wasn't super, 
set on, you know, being in like the government space, doing government consulting and, and government audits uh, for the rest of my career. So I kind of wanted to, to pivot out of government consulting and um, explore my options. Uh, you know, I studied financial economics in undergrad. I was always pretty interested in finance. Um, I was thinking about trying to, to pivot into financial services, but I was also thinking about um, going into maybe strategy consulting for like a, a for-profit uh, corporation. So a different kind of consulting and, and getting out of the, the government arena. And, you know, obviously if, if you're trying to pivot into uh, strategy consulting or financial services, you know, one of the, one of the best ways to do that is through an MBA. So, you know, naturally I found myself researching MBA programs, um, looking at, at different ways to prep for the GMAT and, and I decided I wanted to make that pivot, explore my options, and I enrolled in an MBA program. Great. Thanks for, thanks for walking us through that. And before I dig in further, just wanted to add a couple things. Number one, the uh, UMBC uh, Twitter account is, uh, is top notch. And is. as uh, I, I've had a couple of roommates over the years who have been uh, UVA alum, uh, they have taken uh, quite the displeasure to it, but yep. uh, I was glad to hear that you, that's where you went uh, and brought up some good memories of a couple years ago. Not so good memories for my roommates, but for <laughs> society at large or sports fans at yeah. large, it was it was, quite, it was quite a feat. And the Twitter account is is is, is very very funny. So yeah, that, that, was, that was that was a good time. I um I was watching that first round game against UVA with some uh, with some buddies that I graduated with um, from the track team. Cause I was, I was also on the, the cross country oh, nice. and track and field team. Nice. UMBC. Um, so we were, we were watching the game and like, you know, halftime we were up, we were, we were all kind of confused. We were like, okay, this, surely this isn't going to last. Um, halfway through the second half, we were still <laughs> winning and we're like, wow, guys, you might do this. And then um, we won the game. We were super hyped. And then that night, me and some of my friends, we actually bought uh, tickets to the games in the second round. So then we, um, we got in a car. We drove to Charlotte, North Carolina, for the second round. That's um, great. Did, did you go to Keenan Flagler? I did. I did. Okay. So, um, you know, when we got down there, there were a bunch of UNC uh, alum that were, you know, they super happy that we knocked UVA out of the first <laughs> round. Um, they they offered us all of the drinks, and it was <laughs> sure. it was a good time. it was a good time to be a retriever. For oh, for sure. I actually, ironically enough, happened to be actually at the UVA watch bar in San Francisco during oh, wow. that game. And uh, the, it, the, the looks on people's faces were just, I mean, it was somewhere between seeing a ghost and finding out when you first find out that Santa is not real somewhere <laughs> between somewhere between that is what the expressions were on people's faces for the yeah. majority. I'm sure that I'm sure that loss sucked a lot of oxygen out of that room. <laughs> it, it did. <laughs> it did. It did. Um, yeah. Okay, so you made it. Yeah, go ahead. No, this is great. Yeah, I love I love going in these rabbit holes. So you make you decided MBAs for you, and, and you navigate through the application process, and you end up at Georgetown. Um, yep. So what about Georgetown really stuck out to you, or what were some of the the characteristics of the program at Georgetown that made you realize this is the right school for me? Yeah. So um, you know, early on, as I as I started reading about different programs, engaging with alumni and current students, um, I found that as an institution, um, Georgetown had a really strong value set 
which isn't something that you get everywhere. Um, and, you know, you, you read a lot about, about schools that have a big focus on ethics, um, but then you talk to people and they're like, yeah, you know, we say that and it's, it's not really that big of a focus, but all of the people that I spoke to about Georgetown really spoke highly of the commit, the school's commitment to developing principled leaders. And one of the things that they say, it's like the motto of the school, it's developing principled leaders in service to business and society. Um, and, you know, growing up, that's always been important to me and my family, um, coming from a background where, you know, my mother and, and her sisters, they were the first ones in their family to go to college. Um, you know, they, they didn't come from a whole lot. Um, and, you know, they, they had a big, it was very important to them to give back to the communities that they came from. And it was always important to me, you know, whatever I, I do long-term, I want there to be a significant focus on impact um, and, and community. And I found that Georgetown specifically wanted to nurture that aspect in developing business leaders. So um, that, as well as the commitment to, you know, underrepresented minorities. I'm a, a member of the Consortium for Graduate Studies and Management. I, I stalked you on LinkedIn uh, before this, and I know you, you are a, con a Consortium alum as well. Um, and so, you know, the partnership with the Consortium was also important to me. And, you know, it just, it seemed like a good fit. Um, the, the Jesuit values that Georgetown has, you know, it's, it's a Jesuit, it's a Catholic school, but you don't have to be a Catholic to appreciate the values of the Jesuits and the commitment to service and educating the whole person. Um, you know, they, they talk about cura personalis, um, bettering the whole person. So not just, um, you know, the business leader, but the business leader that's going to make an impact on society. And I, you know, it, it was just a, a perfect fit for me and networked with alumni, visited the school a couple of times, went through some info sessions, you know, obviously looked at employment reports and saw, you know, where, where the school placed well, the school placed really well in financial services, as well as consulting the two areas that I wanted to explore pivoting into. Um, so, you know, talked to some people that got into investment banking, people that got into strategy consulting um, and, and other uh, finance uh, related fields. And I found that it was a good school, good values, strong recruitment opportunities. And another, the last thing that really set Georgetown apart was um, the DC location advantage. Um, we have this unique opportunity where we sit geographically to be at the intersection of business and policy. And there is a certificate opportunity that Georgetown has called the Certificate in Non-Market Strategy, where we focus on um, certain non-market factors that impact uh, you know, a company's performance. So I'm in that certificate program and we engage with policymakers, lobbyists, people that are really involved in you know, regulatory environments and non-market factors. Um, and so that unique location advantage was another reason why I, um, I felt that Georgetown was a good fit because I've always been interested in the impact that politics and policy has on business. So Georgetown was a good opportunity to get exposed to that as well. Hopefully that answers your question. I feel, uh, I feel very strongly about why I, I chose the school I chose.
Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of things there that are awesome about what you just said. So let's start mm-hmm. from the top. So 10 years of Catholic Jesuit education, you don't have to sell me on it. You <laughs> basically mouthpieced everything I would have wanted you to say. So fantastic job there. And I went to Boston College for my undergrad. So I definitely get it. And I think yeah. that when uh, all of those things are bolted into the culture and the values. It's, it's, it's much easier, not easier. It's much more real to bring it to life because it's, it manifests itself in so many ways versus when it's bolted on or brought in as an afterthought. So I absolutely do. I do agree uh, with you. And also just speaking with some of your classmates and other alums, I know that they feel similar. So I think that's really, yeah. I think that's great. I think the other thing is, is that, the fact that you can say you do feel very strongly about the reasons why you chose the school that you chose, I think is also an important, important factor for particularly for prospective students, yeah. regardless of whatever those reasons are, you should feel strongly about what's important to you in selecting a program, whether it is the look in your case, the location or the values or, you know, um, I think everyone wants to go to a school because of the people to a certain degree. So, you know, more specifically about the specific characteristics of, you know, those individuals and, and, and the like. And so I think it's a good thing that you do feel very strongly about it. But I also would agree that the reasons that you, you know, outlined in terms of your career goals and aspirations and, and the career outcomes of the school in terms of the location and geography, in terms of the mission and the people, I think all of those are great, great reasons to select yeah. a school. And maybe just a follow up there. Can you give me maybe, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but can you give me an example? Because I feel very strongly about the values or the culture and why it's important. And I know at a school like Georgetown, it certainly is. But can you give me maybe an example where you've kind of seen those values kind of come to life, whether it's from your fellow classmates or professors or administrators? I mean, I know they do, but just a pers- maybe yeah. a personal example from your own yeah, no, yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and there are, there are a couple of areas where I've seen this uh, manifest itself uh, in the program, um, specifically, you know, when it comes to, you know, what they call the pedagogy. Um, in our opening term, which is part of our extended orientation in our first year, uh, we take uh, an ethics class, and that ethics class is the framework for the rest of our business education. And, you know, very early on, they set, they set a framework for which we need to use to think about all of the ethical dilemmas that we might come across throughout our education and throughout our careers. Um, so I, I think they did a great job of, of helping us develop a, fa- a sound ethical base as the starting point for the rest of the, of the education. So it, it, it kind of contextualizes everything up front and says, okay, from an ethics perspective, this is the lens that we want to um, view these problems through. These are certain principles that you need to be thinking about when, when assessing you know, the, the certain ethical dilemmas that you might come across. Um, and uh, that, was, that was very important in our opening term. And it was communicated to us that all of our professors going forward would have a good understanding of those ethical principles that we learned in that opening term class. And that if we wanted to challenge any of our professors on any of those ethical points, that they need to be prepared to address those as we talk about different, you know, business cases, um, stuff that just comes up in class generally. And 
you know, from the very beginning, my classmates were also very invested in that ethical component. Um, you know, there, there are some people in my, in my cohort that are not afraid or unashamed in pushing a professor about the ethical quandary in a particular business case, bringing it back to the principles that we learned in opening term, um, reminding me that, you know, this focus on ethics and building ethical leaders is real. Uh, we also have a class in our second year that's part of our core curriculum called Ethical Leadership, which I haven't taken yet, but I'm, I'm very excited to take. So that's, that's one, one way that I've seen it manifest itself in my time at Georgetown. Another area that I've seen it manifest itself is just the strategic partnerships that the school has, and the school has um, intentionally decided to, to take on. One of those being the Consortium for Graduate Studies and Management, um, which, is, as you know, is a great way to have a, a pipeline of diverse students and diverse um, talent coming into the school, but also um, a partnership with a somewhat lesser known uh, foundation called the William G. McGowan uh, Fund. And that's um, a small fund that partners with 10 business schools. And every year they give a fellowship to one student at each of the schools and they bring those students together and they work on a social impact project throughout their second year. And they also, um, they also take care of the second year expenses uh, for tuition, which is, it's, it's a good partnership to have. And, you know, I, um, I bring this up because partnerships are like that are important, but also because I was selected this year um, as the fellow for the William G. McGowan Fund for Georgetown. Uh, so I'm really excited about uh, engaging with the fellows from the other nine schools and working with them on a social impact project focused on homelessness in Chicago. Um, and you know, that opportunity would not be available to me if not for the partnership uh, that Georgetown decided to undertake with uh, that, that charitable foundation. So, you know, I think Georgetown talks a good talk, but they also walk a good walk, both in their external partners partnerships as well as the um the curriculum throughout both both years i think that's great and congratulations that's a phenomenal 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 accomplishment and a wonderful opportunity and such a great chance for a bunch of really smart people to put their minds to a challenge and a problem that is so important to solve so i think that yeah. is that's really great and yeah. one other thing i, I wanted to ask you because you you talked a little bit about it in terms of thinking about where you were trying to go with your career after business school. And so certainly mm -hmm. you had a pretty good, I would argue like objectively like a pretty good undergraduate background in terms of being able to look at finance and, and economics mm -hmm. and certainly being able to work in some accounting as well in your life before business school. I mean, that's a pretty strong skill set to have even just walking into your MBA. And so yeah. as you think about some of the career moves you hope to make or have kind of made so far in terms of your summer internship and, and even beyond looking at full-time opportunities, you know, where are you, where are you hoping to go in your career next? Yes, that's, that's a great question. Um, and this is something that obviously for a lot of people, it tends to evolve as you are exposed to more things. Um, and I think this summer, uh, so for those listening, you know, this summer I uh, worked with JP Morgan's private bank um, under their asset and wealth management arm. And the private bank is basically the, um, the brand name for the investment management, um, banking, 
strategic planning long-term. Uh, we have for, or JP Morgan has for high net worth and ultra high net worth individuals, families, foundations. So, you know, it's a first class financial institution providing first class service to some of the most um, exclusive client base in the world. JP Morgan Private Bank, they bank over half of the Forbes uh, top 400. So, you know, they, they, they've got a lot of clout. And, you know, I'd always been interested in investing. I've always been interested in long-term planning from like a goals-based perspective and using financial markets and income as a means to achieve long-term goals. You know, for many people, that is a, a means to preserve generational wealth. For many people, it's a, it's a means to uh, create generational wealth and then preserve generational wealth. So, you know, my undergrad education um, in the finance and economics background, I was always interested in financial markets. You know, I went into accounting, but that interest in financial markets was always there. And so as I found myself um, in this internship, learning about how wealth is preserved and, and, and kind of learning the, um, the tricks of the trade from the best in the business, you know, one of the things that has always been important to me has been addressing wealth inequality um, in this country. And, you know, it, it goes without saying there's a significant gap in terms of liquid wealth uh, between African-Americans and the rest of the, the, rest of the country. Um, and, and as an African-American male, that's always been something that's very important to me, um, you know, creating and preserving generational wealth. And I find myself in a position to learn from the best in the business and that has kind of, you know, put me in a position that one day I can help people create, preserve generational wealth. And, you know, my, my new long-term plan and this, you know, this kind of, this kind of became a thing that I wanted to do a year ago as I was entering business school is, you know, work with black families, um, low-income families, not just black families disadvantaged families and, and work with them and help them on wealth planning strategies um, because strategic planning and having the access to the information is, is a big gap, you know, just like not having the access to the information to know how to take advantage of, of certain, um, certain avenues, certain uh, things that are available to everybody um, to, to preserve their wealth. So, you know, I've got, I got a return offer. Um, I plan on, accepting that return offer, going back to JP Morgan's private bank. Um, so, you know, I, I'm excited to continue learning from the best, working with the best, um, but long-term take what I learned from there and use that to help disadvantaged, low-income families uh, preserve generational wealth and hopefully work to play a small role in addressing uh, the wealth inequality in this country. Um, and so that's, kind of a, a short story of how my year so far in my MBA program and my internship have affected my long-term goals. So that's, that's my long-term plan. Thank you for sharing that. And again, a, a lot of great things to unpack there. So the first thing to the point you just mentioned, and this is one of the more transformational impacts of 
an MBA program is the fact that it is iterative or can be yep. iterative in terms of the experiences you go through and what you learn often feeds your own kind of thoughts and mindsets about what you want to do. And uh, it kind of is like little drops along the way that eventually amount to these more monumental changes or shifts or, or just changes in shifts period, maybe not monumental for some people. But I think that is one of the things that I've heard you say. And then I think the other thing, which to me speaks to the MBA in particular, but more so at a school like Georgetown, this is the actual dream of the ability to think about the problems of the world that are most important to solve, and then to combine the combination of education and opportunity with your own skills and strengths uh, to serve a greater good uh, for a marginalized group of people um, or underserved group of people. And to me, that speaks of the, on a good day, that's what an MBA can do, right? And in particular for a school like a Georgetown that does believe very strongly in those Jesuit ideals of figuring out yourself and finding ways to use what you have to make an impact uh, for the greater good. So yeah, it just, yeah, it just really spoke to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, like you said, it it was definitely iterative. You know, like I said, I was exploring many different things coming in, you know, because, you know, when you, you enroll in an MBA program, you kind of realize that the world is yours. Like you can, yeah, you can take it so many different directions. um, And and there's so much that you're exposed to and and so many opportunities that are available. I actually got um, an offer uh, to spend the summer with Accenture strategy in New York. And I almost, I almost did that. I almost took that. Um, uh, it wasn't until, you know, I, I got a call back from JP Morgan and, and met with some of their team uh, in DC and Baltimore, you know, that I realized that I, I would have a chance to, to go after this dream. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's the MBA is, it's, it is the perfect opportunity. Like you said, it's the perfect um confluence of of opportunity education and and everything and yeah that's why yeah i'm i'm couldn't be couldn't be more excited for the future and and uh couldn't be more happy that i've that i decided to take the the leap and and join an mba program yeah and as you said so you have an offer which is great and there are so many things you can do in business school and now you have your entire second year and I know just from talking to you, you're, you're fairly involved on campus, but how do you plan to kind of use your second year? What are, what are the things you're going to use with all this time that you have now? Certainly your involvement through the scholarship, you'll be devoting some time there, but what are some of the other things that you're going to take advantage of, you know, in your second year of business school, particularly knowing that you have one of the harder parts out of the way in terms of yeah. you know, having a full-time employment outcome? Yeah. So, um, you know, not, not having to recruit, this fall for a full-time offer definitely uh, gets rid of a lot of the stress for the second year and opens up the opportunity to expand, um, expand my involvement. Um, As you mentioned, the, um, with the scholarship, I'll be working, uh, spending a few hours a week um, throughout the second year on, on a social impact project. But outside of that, you know, one of the things that I'm most excited to, to continue working with um, is Georgetown's black MBA association. So I'm the, the VP of finance of that organization. And, you know, we, we've got, a, we've got a, a solid vision for how we can engage our black MBA population as well as the rest of the student uh, population to 
further some of, of our goals of increasing representation um, in business school and in business uh, post-grad. So, you know, we've got a lot of interesting and unique things that we want to do in the second year to keep people engaged, whether or not we are on campus, whether those, um, those things happen to be virtual. So looking forward to expanding the impact that the Black MBA Association has at Georgetown. And I think in this unique moment that we're in in this country, people are more aware and more perceptive and more willing to engage with us on, on um, achieving some of those goals. And so, you know, we've got, we've got a VP of allyship and we're looking to expand our partnerships with some of the career uh, based clubs on campus um, and expand our partnerships with some of the, uh, the businesses um, in, in the DC area to, to further in, increase our influence in, in the region, but excited to, to get back on campus with the Black MBA Association. We have a couple of events coming up this week with first year students and some prospective um, MBA students. So happy to, excited to get engaged with that again. Another thing that um, I'm planning on doing, and this was something that I, I tried doing uh, the first year, but a lot of people were busy with recruiting. I was busy, um, but I, I tried to start a book club on campus in my cohort where you know we would read a book by a business leader and kind of talk about some of the topics that we don't discuss specifically in class and kind of build on you know, some of those ethical principles and some of those ethical dilemmas. Um, we read Bob Iger's book this spring, uh, The Ride of a Lifetime. Great book. Great book. Great, great book. Um, and as a, uh, as a former employee of the Walt Disney Company, nice. um, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I have a, a solid amount of respect for Bob Iger. So that was, that was, a, good, that was a good opportunity to, to get some people together and talk and think critically about some of the stuff that, that he experienced throughout his business career. So you know, this second year, the second year hoping to expand that book club, um, expand it to other cohorts and, you know, really engage my classmates on a, on a deeper level outside of, uh, outside of the, the numbers or the, the pure academia. Sure. That's great. It sounds like those are all worthwhile ways to spend a day and, in pursuit of, you know, greater knowledge or greater insight, as well as just furthering yourself and certainly driving impact for the rest of your classmates. Uh, one of the other things I want to talk about, because we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it, is just, the, the, you know, the nature of business school this year is going to be pretty different than a good chunk of what your MBA experience was last year, and certainly different than what you thought you probably were signing up for when you enrolled in business school, you know, two years ago. And knowing that, you know, as, if things are evolving and everyone's business school experience is different, but right now it's uh, business school is, is pretty different overall, right? In terms yeah. of virtual, some level of virtual business school, right? And so that has a lot of challenges yeah. in, in many ways, but I'm curious now that you have, you know, that last quarter under your belt and have experienced a little bit now that you've experienced a virtual or I presume a virtual internship, you know, as yeah. you think about this year, I, I know you talked a little bit about some of the things you're going to do, but you know, what's kind of your approach to trying to make the most of this, this experience that you have, knowing that it's, it was different than what you probably thought it was going to be? Yeah, it's a, it's a unique challenge. And, um, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, kind of get, you know, downtrodden, disappointed, 
um, have a negative outlook on things just because you're not going to be, or there's a good chance that you won't be engaging with your classmates uh, in person, face to face. I know for the first three quarters of my first year, a lot of relationships were formed in those moments in between class, you know, where we were talking in the hallway or, you know, someone that's sitting next to me, leaning over, asking me a question about accounting. Um, you know, those, those small interactions that we're going to miss out on that can be the basis or the foundation for strong friendships and strong relationships. Um, but I, I, I don't think the virtual environment renders those impossible. Um, I, you know, the, the last quarter of, of our first year and we went to virtual after spring break, it was difficult, but our school, Georgetown, our, our student body, we found ways to continue to stay engaged. And I think that's important uh, to maintain those relationships. I want to give a shout out to um, a special man on our SGA. His name is McLean Gore. He is our VP of social and McLean has been super proactive in planning Zoom happy hours, Zoom get-togethers, Zoom game nights um, to keep people engaged and, and keep some of that social interaction going outside of our, of our Zoom classes. And I think it's important to be intentional and deliberate in engaging in those types of events. It's easy to just, you know, turn your computer off and log off after class. Um, you know, everyone gets Zoom fatigue, but you know, if you want to make the most of, of your MBA experience, you know, at least at Georgetown, we're, we are trying to stay engaged socially however we can. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have left DC. Some people are still around. Um, you know, some people have been hanging out, spending time together outside, socially distant, in order to engage socially, virtually. And it's just, an, it's a new challenge. And, you know, one of the things that business school teaches you is, is to try to think of, of unique ways to overcome, overcome certain challenges ultimately. And this is a challenge and, you know, our, our innovative student body is finding unique ways to overcome it, to stay engaged. And, you know, to any, any incoming first year that might be worried about, you know, the virtual networking or, or staying engaged, take that effort to, take advantage of those opportunities that your school is, is putting on, you know, every zoom info session and any, any zoom town hall, any, anything zoom related extracurricular, stay engaged with those. Um, and people that are local to you in your city, reach out to them, you know, reach out to someone that's in your cohort that, you know, is still local, get a group of people together. You know, you can still go outside. Um, you, you might not be, in the, in the trenches together in the classroom, but it's still possible to engage with people um, in person and, and virtually uh, to develop and nurture some of those relationships. Because a big part of business school is the network that you come out of it with. Um, so it, it's hard. It is a challenge. Um, but, you know, you, you came to business school to solve challenges. This is a challenge that can be solved. That's, I think that's a great way to put it. And I agree with all of that. And I think it's also important to remember, I think if we've learned anything from the past couple months, it's that it's hard to be alone and, or it's hard to be by yourself or we're physically distanced from people. That is really hard as we've all really learned. And so 
even I recognize in some cases you can't physically be together, but I, I think in general, the general principle of being in a community engaged with people who are all doing something similar to you is exactly the kind of place where you would want to be right now. Yeah. From a very tactical example, I have a lot of people, friends in my network who are looking for jobs right now and they would kill to be in an environment like business school where you have a career center or you have other people to practice interviews with or whatever it is. And so I I do think there's a lot of, even though it's not the same, there's still a lot of inherent value in in having that community in a time like this, in addition to obviously all the resources that you, you certainly get from it. Um, So I think, think, yeah, yeah, I, I also think that almost counterintuitively, at least what I found in my internship this summer, it's almost easier to network with people that are uh, that otherwise, you know, in a non COVID world might be more busy, you know, running in between meetings or like out of the office. Um, but I found this summer at JP Morgan, you know, everyone was willing to take like 15 to 20 minutes to have a quick zoom chat mm-hmm. um, and, and talk yeah. to people. So I think, I think in terms of networking for recruiting um, this unique situation we find ourselves in might make it easier for some people. Um, yeah. You know, the people that normally would be flying or taking a train to New York every weekend for investment banking recruiting, you know, yeah. you, you hop on a banker's calendar and you, you Zoom with them for 15, 20 minutes. And you, know, you can have good conversations via Zoom like you and I are having right now. Of course. Um, and I think, I think it's actually an interesting, unique opportunity because people are so used to video chatting right now. If you take advantage of that, it's almost easier to network and make an impression on people um, in this unique environment that we're in. Yeah. And uh, this has been great, Adam. And and so thank you for joining me today. I guess maybe just to, to wrap up here and playing off of this, what we've been talking about in terms of what business school is like right now. Yeah. So we're shooting this in end of August and it's, it's starting and MBA application season is starting to kind of pick up for the year. And yep. just knowing what you went through in the application process, but also knowing, you know, the little bit of the uncertainty that exists in the world right now, uh, what kind of advice do you have for those MBA applicants out there just in terms of trying to navigate through, you know, the whole application process and, and everything that comes with it? Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the, the things that I, that I found most beneficial and that I think um, is probably the most important thing to do is talk to people, reach out to people that are at the schools that you want to go to. Um, you know, use your network. If you know anybody that's in your network that knows somebody that, that is going to a school that you're looking at, um, never underestimate the value of, of a conversation. I, I had someone reach out to me in my network. Um, her boyfriend was applying to Georgetown. And he reached out to me. We had a, a 15 minute call. I was talking to him about the program, getting a better understanding of him as a person. And I found that he would be a really good fit at our school. And so following that phone call, I sent an email to one of our um, associate directors of admissions. And I was like, hey, this guy is interviewing tomorrow. I think he'd be a great fit. Um, and a, a current student like me, they put a lot of weight an emphasis on, on how we perceive prospective students. So don't underestimate the value of networking with people that go to the schools that you're interested in. 
Also, because you'll just find out more about the programs themselves. Um, it'll better arm you for to answer interview questions. You'll get a better understanding of why you might want to go to a particular school. Um, so yeah, I think the most important thing is to talk to people that go to the school that you want to go to, talk to alumni, um, put in that, that extra effort, that intentional networking. And I think generally that will make people more successful, all other things being equal in the recruiting process. Great. Adam, thank you so much for joining me on the MBA Insider Podcast, for sharing your journey to Georgetown, what it's like to be at Georgetown, and just your overall outlook into the second year of, of business school. really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your insights and what you've learned. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thanks, Al. This was, this was great. I, um, uh, you're really easy to talk to, and I love talking about the stuff that we spoke about today. Uh, so thanks for having me. Um, Looking forward to seeing this episode posted and sharing it with my mom. She'll be pretty jazzed that someone wanted to talk to me. Uh, but thank, thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast. Hi, everyone. LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.